0: Welcome to How To Rock The Stage Show, a show committed to equipping you to hone your media skills better to stand out from the crowd as a go-to expert in your field. Each week, Rich Bontrager interviews top leaders, influencers,
1: authors, speakers, podcasters, and media professionals about how to leverage media best to help you shine brighter on camera and stage as a go-to expert. Now, here's your host, The Trigger, Rich Bontrager.
0: Welcome back to How the Rock to Stage. It's Wednesday night. Glad to be back with you after having uh, part of the week on the road. This last week, I had a great time uh, with our sponsors. By the way, the sponsor of the National Speakers Association, they're the proud sponsor of How the Rock to Stage. Spent the last part of the week and weekend with them in San Antonio, Texas, uh, part of their Thrive Conference so was set up there. Took all the gear, had a great time interviewing, talking with. Speakers, influencers, authors, everybody had a great time. Uh, see, even Rock the Stage goes on the road. We love being everywhere. But that was great. But we're back here on Wednesday night live with you, streaming on multiple platforms once again. And our mission here, if it's your first time tuning in, we are here to help you shine on camera, shine on stage to elevate you and your brand authority through the power of media. Media now also has included more than we ever thought before. We're all media experts or we're becoming media experts because it's just so important to make this a part of what we do. Tonight, we're going to have a great conversation, and we are going to get into utilizing all four pillars of website traffic to 4X your results. Did you know there were four pillars of website traffic? I didn't. So tonight, Carolyn Schote is with us. She loves to build sales funnels that are more gentle garden path than pushy or tricky. Uh, but after you have a funnel, you need to bring people into it, right? Carolyn noticed that most of these most of us fall into a habit of utilizing only one method of bringing traffic to our funnels and to our web pages because we have a favorite and it's in our comfort zone and so she's founded the website Traffic School to teach about all four types of the online traffic and how to build out your unique combination for the most robust traffic that you can offer to your people to get them to where you want to get them. Welcome, Carolyn, to How to Rock the Stage. Great to see you. Hello, thank you. So we have to go back to school to learn the four yeah. pillars, right? Is that what you're saying? You built a school for this now?
1: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused in SEO with actual traffic school where you learn to drive. This is website traffic school, totally different thing also not well, online
0: but, it, it, but, but it's so important with the seo the traffic the funnels and again the opening is very true we often pick what we know what we like what's easiest and we have things missing that could help us is that one of the biggest fundamental things that you run into when you work with clients is that right away they're like one leg with two legs missing on the stool kind of <laughs>
1: Yes, and I noticed it in myself, too, because I also have a favorite in my comfort zone that I get cozy in, you know, and so I realized that I had to expand my horizons and try out different things. So how did you get
0: into funnels? Uh, I mean, take us back a little bit, because you don't usually wake up and go,
1: I want to make funnels for
0: websites.
1: Funnels, my favorite thing. It's true. (laughs) I think when I first heard about sales funnels, I kind of recognized that it was something I had always been doing. I had always been setting things into a pattern and a path and putting together a puzzle. So it just made a lot of sense. And even long before I knew what a funnel was or that that was the word for it, I was already doing things like that. So it just is a way of guiding people along a path from where they're strangers to where you want them to be and making sure that each cobblestone is laid out. So they're not taking too big of a leap.
0: So with funnels, you want to click on something again, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong teacher, but you click on something and you want to come in to step one. And then you want to have them go further in the journey. So is that, a very simplistic way of framing it up?
1: Pretty much. If you have laid out what your ideal client journey is, that's a great first step because each part of the funnel should map to part of that customer journey. So how do they first encounter you? What's the first thing that they need to know? What kind of information do they need to get? What questions are they gonna have? Uh, Yeah, yeah, not funnel cakes. sorry.
0: I know, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my first choice too. That's why I had to clarify. We're talking about sales funnels for your website.
1: Now my part friend, of my the frustration me. me Sorry.
0: <laughs> part, part part of my frustration is sometimes you get stuck in a funnel that it clicks forever and forever, or it feels that way. And you're like, I just want my darn PDF, my booklet, my free <laughs> offer. I just want to get into the tribe but it
1: feels like the funnel sometimes are their own worst enemy. Is that true? Very often. I think so. I, I'm not a fan of that style of funnel. And I think it all depends on you and your audience and what feels right to you. But when you're building a funnel, you want to be thinking about the customer experience because you're hoping that at the end of that, the person is going to feel very good towards you, that you will have built up a know, like, and trust factor, and that they're not going to be super annoyed by the experience. So that's kind of why I like to do funnels differently and always have in mind what is the experience for the person going through it. What is it that they really need for the next step? What makes sense for the next step? And if you're going to have those tripwire upsell things, like, don't do a bunch of them. One, maybe two.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it feels like switching bait. It feels like too many doors to go through. Whereas my <laughs> philosophy is I want to make as many on-ramps as I can, but make it as easy as I can.
1: Yeah, so, and I think that well, a lot of these marketers, have they kind of look down on the free things, They are like, oh, I have to give away my thing for free. Well, okay, let me attach all these other offers to it because they devalue having to give away their thing. But to me, you're not really giving away the freebie because people are paying with something extremely valuable. It's their email address. That's internet currency. And permission to contact them, huge. So don't think of them as freebie seekers notice that they're willing to give you something amazing, access to their inbox. And so be so grateful for that and treat them with gentleness and respect. And yeah.
0: Yeah, this is media currency. That, that, that's exactly what it is. It is media currency to get them to go deeper and you need to leverage that more and more. So is that one of the misunderstandings of funnels that people don't understand? And are there other misunderstandings that we don't get?
1: Yeah, I think that is a big misunderstanding. There's also, I think we've gotten this idea that funnels are supposed to be an instant win. They're an ATM. You just set it up and then boom, money is flooding in. Mm -hmm. And it's not usually that way. I'm so sorry. Uh, You set up this machine. It's a passive machine. It's kind of like if you're putting together like a marble run. And so you've got it all set up. So each piece connects. And at the bottom is where your offer is, where you want people to end up. But you still have to fill it with marbles. So that's what traffic is about. It's about bringing the marbles into the marble run, all those on-ramps, like you said, coming into the same place, that top of funnel link. And it takes time. And that's why you want people to join your email list because if they hit your web page and they're not ready to buy at that moment, and let's be honest, what are the odds they're ready to buy the moment they first see your website? Not right. you. So you want a way to keep in touch with them and nurture them over time and build the relationship and teach them who you are, what you stand for. People can be on your email list for a long time before they're ready to say yes. But once they are, then you've got a client. Maybe you have uh, somebody who's going to go out and promote you and be excited to tell their friends.
0: Now, that's really cool when you get something to actually go on your behalf to bring people to you. That's fun. Now, you've talked about there are four pillars. Let's break those down very clearly. What are the four pillars to this website traffic that you speak of?
1: There is my personal favorite, which is uh, organic inbound. And that is posting things on social media, doing SEO, putting out content, and waiting for it to attract people to you. You're not going out there and pitching to people. You are putting out great content and waiting for people to notice you and come and ask questions and come into your funnel. So that's organic because it's not paid for and it's inbound. There's also organic outbound. So that's the cold messaging, the pitching, the saying reaching out to people and saying, I think that, you know, you might be a good fit for this service. A lot of people like myself who are kind of the heart-centered type are very nervous about any kind of cold traffic. So that's a, that's a stumbling block, but it's a good thing to learn and try and see, is there a way that it makes sense to do it for my, for my offers? Then there is borrowed traffic, affiliate, um, JV partners. When you, Reach out to people. I think that's probably your favorite. <laughs> it's becoming
0: one of mine. It, it is. I love collaboration. I love working with people, but there's also sometimes the negative side of that too. But go on, please.
1: Yeah, I think with with all types of traffic, you know, there's pros and cons, which is why it's nice to build up a robust strategy. And then that partnership traffic is also like what we're doing here. I'm a guest on your podcast. You are introducing me to your audience. And so that is a form of traffic for me. And you're on my YouTube channel too, because we're streaming in a bunch of places. So that's introducing you to my audience. And, and then the that's actually one of
0: the fun new ways to do this <laughs> is with the restream, uh, is to collaborate and get on multiple channels, Lovely. amplify both yeah. you and the guests, and it just self-populates people who never expected. They're scrolling, they're scrolling, they bump into us and they stick around. Uh, yeah. it's a powerful new pillar that. I think people are just beginning to look at and acknowledge of the value of doing this type of way of reaching out.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the final pillar is of course, paid advertisement, Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, etc.
0: Okay. So now that you mentioned that one, I'm just going to jump on that one first. <laughs> <laughs> I personally have never found any success in Facebook ads. I've not done the Google ads, but in, my time, I've never found any success. I've read, I've looked, I've explored, I've toggled on, toggled off, I'm targeted. Um, and I think I'm pretty good at this. Uh, but are paid ads really worth it?
1: I have also struggled to make paid ads worth it for me. But um, I'm going to be bringing in experts in traffic school because obviously I am not an expert in every type of website traffic. So definitely ads are a place where I am weak. Um, I did take like a whole Facebook ads mentorship program. I spent a lot of money on it. And at the end, what I found was I have no stomach for risk and it's very complicated behind the scenes of these ads things. Yeah, it takes too much money for too long. I think one of the big problems with ads is that we jump into them too quickly because we're like, okay, we set up our funnel, now we need traffic, so obviously we make ads, and we bring the ad, the traffic with the ads, and that's how it's supposed to run, and that would be great, but usually you haven't tested that funnel very much. You haven't seen how good is it at converting, so that's the first step, and if you look at big funnel guru like Russell Brunson, he's testing the efficacy of his funnels with paid ads. So you've got to have some budget to do that because he's trying out, is this converting? Is it not? Let's change something on the landing page, working it out. So I always tell people, before you throw a ton of money at ads, make sure you get some organic sales first because that proves that the funnel is solid. Then if you're paying to bring people to it, then it just helps to scale it.
0: By the way, for those streaming along and all the different platforms, feel free, just like we're seeing, drop in the chat, send us a message, send us a question as we're talking with Carolyn tonight about those funnels and how to better leverage them, use them. Of the four that you described, Carolyn, which is maybe the most safe, uh, the most reliable?
1: What's the best one? Oh, man, you're tempting me to go for my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually think that the partnership, the JV affiliate type borrowed traffic is very, very powerful and potentially quick. Um, It can take time because you've got to build up the relationships. You have to meet people, network with people, find people who have the same audience as you, but don't compete with you so that you can share these spaces and prop each other up. Um, As much as I do love the organic, it takes a lot of time when you're putting SEO in place, you can't expect search results until six months, maybe longer. Pinterest takes that long to build up. If you're posting on social media platforms, you've got to stick with it very consistently for a long time. And then it will start like a snowball.
0: So that's making me think here. You, you gotta be in this for the long play.
1: Mm-hmm. This whole thing
0: at instant gratification, post a couple of times. Uh, Boom. It it really is like advertising on TV. You get sick of seeing the same commercial before the commercial really has taken effect. It's been that Mm -hmm. way in marketing and PR all my broadcast life. I've known that. But now as we do social media and everyone's getting on this, we have to realize we have to play the same ad. Replay, replay, represent, replay, different time zones, different everything. How hard is that for the clients that you work with to realize you have to stay with the same ad and just represent.
1: Yeah, people are afraid to do, you know, we say repurpose, reuse the content that you've already done, don't reinvent the wheel. And people are nervous to do it because they think, well, people have already seen this. But the truth is, with algorithms, they probably haven't. And even if they did, they have forgotten because they are living very busy lives. So if they yeah. loved it six months ago, they're going to love it again. And they'll probably won't remember that they already liked it. So what I've been doing, little sneaky trick, uh, I sat down one day and created 30 social media posts so that I would have a complete month, and then scheduled them out, and now every month I tweak what I need to and repost. So I make slight changes, but it's the same, because I decided this is the, the... path that I want to do on the social media. And then I just keep redoing it.
0: How many different channels are you on with that monthly calendar? Like, I mean, that's, that really is ingenious. genius. That is intentional planning. <laughs> it's easier, but how, how, how many different platforms do you hit with that? Three. I'm doing
1: Facebook page, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
0: And are you seeing results from that rhythm of saying it's every 30 days, we're going to see that ad again?
1: Yeah, people uh, have not caught on. I don't tell anybody. <laughs> 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 too late. Um, I think. I think what's fun too, though, is like if you notice that somebody reposted something, I think you don't necessarily feel upset about it. I think you feel like, hey, I see what you did there. It's like you get to see behind the curtain, and it's kind of fun. So I think it almost makes you feel closer. As an audience member, when you notice how somebody is running their social media and you can kind of see the, the strings. Well, that's
0: exactly why we do this show. I mean, that's exactly why people keep coming back. They want to hear the practical tips and the, the insights. Now, how long did it take you to build that 30 day calendar? Let, let's be realistic. You had to be intentional, slight variations, plan it out. But how long did that take you to build that out?
1: Once I came up with the idea, it wasn't very long. I spent some time brainstorming about what things do I want to be promoting? What do I want to lead people to? What are some educational topics related to those things? What are some fun little, like, games, like your keyboard finishes that are related to that topic so that everything kind of fits together, again, like a puzzle. Um, And then I just sat down to create it. I, I set myself a a content creation blitz and we all did it together in traffic school we sat down together on zoom and just busted through all of these graphics and posts and got them all set and so
0: ready here's a comment coming in and there's right it's crazy hard to come up with fresh new content two to three times a week every yep. week.
1: and that's it don't be fresh <laughs> be stale.
0: I mean- Give us a little teaching moment here, because again, I hound on this for the people I coach and work with, from executives, to CEOs, everybody has repurpose, repurpose. You've filmed it, you've taped it, you've created it, put it back out there, and people just push back. Give us a little coaching moment here, Coach.
1: <laughs>
0: Why do we think we have to keep making more content? Why?
1: Well, I will... Go back for a moment and say, I think what we've been dancing around a little bit is that people do need to see the same message over and over again. And that's becoming more and more and more necessary as the world gets very crowded with messages. So, you know, they used to say, you know, somebody used to hear a message four to six times or whatever. And now it's like somebody needs to hear a message 35 times <laughs> before they take action. You know, the number just keeps going up. Yes. Um, So we do need to hear the same message and that it's a comfort to your audience rather than annoying usually because they don't understand your subject as well as you do. So the repetition and the saying things in a slightly different way really helps reinforce until they start really understanding what you do. And then, of course, like I said, the algorithms, a lot of people are not seeing that content the first time you post it. So you don't even have to be like I post at the same time to all three of these channels and different people see it at different times and different things. And it's it's out of my control who gets it in their timeline and when.
0: Right. Because time is what we learned during the pandemic doesn't mean anything. We are now more global than ever. So we're like, what's the perfect time? Now, there are studies that suggest there are different days that may be better
1: perhaps you, do, I do, do you agree with that or disagree with day. that? <laughs> I just I just post every day now because I have my 30 pieces of content. <laughs> <laughs> no, but which you know, is great. about the shorts. So uh, you know I was looking at they have a graph in YouTube analytics where you can see oh your audience is most of them are online at this time so you should post then. And I have a, a YouTube channel where I post hairstyle tutorials. What yes. are,
0: wait, what does that have to do with funnels?
1: Nothing whatsoever, except that I test a lot of my ideas on that YouTube channel so that then I can bring it back to my clients and my funnel life. So I get That's to try funny. things out and experiment. So what I did, I had been uploading a daily hairstyle short and I read that thing about like, oh, when is my audience online? Like noon. So I moved it to noon and my views. Oh my really? So I went back to 7 a.m. and the views went right back to like a couple <laughs> thousand within the first half hour.
0: So sometimes you just have to experiment. But but the idea of having that perpetual calendar, it's automatically set once you build it up. That's the key. Now, what about
1: funnels? I mess with that, though, is if you change your mind about what you're promoting, then you got to mess with it again. So that's kind yeah. of where I'm at right now. <laughs> and that's where a lot of what we talk
0: about here is stay in your lane, stay in your expertise. If you hear of a hot new thing over here, it has nothing to do with you. Don't go chase it. It's so hard. A hot lead is not a leave. It doesn't come back to what you really do, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, tough one. When, when it comes to funnels, we've mostly been talking about funnels that get them to your website. What about <laughs> funnels? that work them around the website. Do you work the funnels where you help them get from one page to another page to a, a program to sell and bite the bullet to give us some money?
1: Yeah. I like to set up my funnels where it's both the list builder and also makes an offer because you never know somebody might be ready right away and you want to give them that opportunity and make the offer just as an invitation, you know, nothing pushy. So, cause we're doing our hair and stuff. That's a good point. I never <laughs> thought of that. You're so right. <laughs> we, we have really
0: a smart, smart audience here at Rockstage. A Really smart audience.
1: Oh my gosh. Brilliant. I did not think of that. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I usually will have like the free lead magnet. Uh, people come in, you make a, a strong hook, a strong reason why this freebie is going to be awesome for them. This is what they really need. They come onto the list. Now this is the key. They get redirected to a thank you page. They don't immediately get that thing that you that they asked for. And there's two reasons for this. The first is that you want to them to get used to seeing your email in their inbox. So you want them to go and click on the email, look for it. And you know, that sort of trains their email program that you're somebody that they want to hear from. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is that the thank you page is the most powerful page of the entire funnel.
0: <laughs> I've heard that one. Tell me more, please.
1: Yes, because those people who are hot enough leads that they were interested in that freebie, even if they never go and open that email with the thing that they asked for, they're going to see that thank you page. 99% of them are not clicking away before they're redirected to that thank you page. So you have such an opportunity there with these hot leads. And a lot of people will put a low cost offer there. That's what we call the tripwire offer. So like $10, $20, something that's related to the lead magnet, something that would make sense for that step of the journey that, oh, you might want this to go along with it. But personally, a lot of times what I do is I put a community space there. If you have a Facebook group or a Mighty Networks, I think this is the perfect place to invite people there because it's inviting them further into your nurturing and community sphere. Now, and then yes, oh, they, get Go they get delivered what they asked for in the email. And then you send a series of welcome emails. You send a few emails over the next few days to encourage them to actually use the lead magnet to get value from it. And you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do and your mission and what you believe in. And then you make an offer. You say, you know what? You can work with me in this way. And if you're not ready yet, that's fine. You'll continue to get great value on this newsletter. When you are ready, I'm here.
0: So that brings up another question with all those funnels and clicking and emails. A lot of us get bombarded with emails. How many times a week or how many triggers of that funnel do you recommend before you've hit too many times and it turns them off now? There's that line where you want to get in the pipeline. You want their email system to accept you, to love you. But at the same time you go too far and they're going to like enough, Carolyn, goodbye, go. (laughs) What's
1: that number right there? As though there's just one magic number. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, everything is custom. Everything depends on you, your audience, how you speak, how, what they're getting from it. But I think that a lot of us actually send too few emails because we don't want to be a bother. We don't want to clog the inbox. So we think we're going to be nice and polite by sending fewer emails. And a couple of things that happen with that is that people forget who you are. They forget that they asked for the thing that you sent. So they see your name six months later and go, who the heck is that? Unsubscribe. Or worse, spam. (laughs) Do not want that. Um, Or you only email them when you have something to promote because you think, oh, I'm saving them from all the useless stuff. I'm just going to tell them when there's something that they can buy. Then they feel like you only care about them when you want money from them. That's not good either. So far better to change your mindset around how you view sending emails. It's not being a bother. It's not clogging up their inbox. Think about how can you be the one email that they are delighted to see in their inbox every day or however often you send, but not less than once a week, please.
0: Not less than once a week and make it eye-catching fun. Not a lot of clutter, right? Simple, clean.
1: Value. Think about how can I bring so much value to my ideal client that they look forward to my emails. They're the only one that doesn't look like junk. And one way to do that is to be paying attention throughout your week to things that you're finding valuable. If you see a quote that really motivates you or you read a blog post that gives you a fascinating idea, gather all those things. So when you sit down to write your weekly email, You can pull all that stuff in, and then you become this hub of resources for your ideal clients that they always can turn to you to get the best and the newest, and they don't have to go searching for this information. And my friend Susan Finn has a great way of putting it. She said, be the angel in their inbox when they are tossing and turning at night with a problem, and they wake up, and they open their email, and you are in their inbox with the solution.
0: Right? That's a cool way to think about it. That's a very cool way. You're, you're, you're the hero. Exactly. So, Carolyn, I just dropped in the chat some of your social media, and I want to make sure that people learn more about you. And here's a way that you can click, scan, grab your phone, connect with Carolyn right there on Instagram. But you also have your own show that you mentioned. Uh, and I'm curious, just to tell everybody about the Financial Free Author Show. What in the world is that?
1: yes that is my podcast interview show we go live every monday at 1 p.m eastern and i interview somebody who is in the book world book funnels are kind of my personal favorite and i am an author myself and a former publisher and so i love interviewing people about how to market books how to promote books how to launch books how to write books um and also just general mindset or just good business stuff that people really need to know. And it's just all from a very heart centered service oriented kind of uh, frame.
0: Carolyn, as we went down here tonight, what's maybe one of the biggest points you can give them about these four pillars. What, what's one of those land the plane, nail it hard here. What will be a great takeaway tonight? <laughs> no pressure.
1: Great. Um, measure what you're doing. Keep track of, the results that you're bringing in from this traffic so that you actually know what is working best and what you should do more of. Set up Google Analytics, make yourself a spreadsheet, say how many views did I get on this page in this month? Okay, what can I do to increase that? Let's see, how many views did I get that came through Facebook? How many did I get that came through this referral partner? What's working and what's not? You're not gonna know if you're just trying to eyeball it. And in traffic school, we do have a spreadsheet and some guidance on how to set that up with the GPS, uh, not the, uh, Google Analytics, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> get you started with that.
0: And again, Carolyn, an expert. Again, that's where you got the social media. Hopefully you scan that and got that. Reach out to her on Facebook, LinkedIn, other locations. Uh, Carolyn, great to have you here with us tonight. And uh, again, we will probably have you back some of the time because these algorithms are always changing uh mm-hmm. again just like you mentioned just because you did it once doesn't mean you don't go redo it again so we will another oh, reason why email. Another email.
1: there's no algorithm in an email so Ooh, that's
0: <laughs> important to know Carolyn <laughs> shell thanks for being with us here tonight on how to react to the stage and again make sure you reach out make sure you follow up and, and connect with her or go check out her show she said she's streaming her own show go make sure you go check out give her some love check out her youtube channel and all those different things Uh, We are going to be back again next week, as always, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We go live with How the Rock's Stage. Also, if you caught only part of this episode tonight, we are now, our podcast platform is up and running, and we are streaming on many of the podcast platforms. We're taking the audio of this, turning it around, and 11 a.m. tomorrow, it will be live on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, and other podcast outlets as well. Subscribe, follow, so you never miss How the Rock's Stage. And we're also taking back... Episodes, prior episodes, bringing those back up as well so you can go through all the catalog and all the amazing shows and guests we've had. We want you to shine on camera, shine on stage so that you and your brand authority go higher and higher. As always, if you have a question and you want to reach out and uh, talk to us, go to rockstagemedia.com, learn about what we're doing, how we're coaching, how we're equipping you, or drop me a personal email. It's my own email directly to me, not my team. I take every one of your emails seriously, rich at richbontrager.net. That's rich at richbontrager.net. And look at that. Coming in at the end of the close of the show, we have a thank you. Again, that's why we do this. So make sure you come back 7 o'clock Eastern time next week for How to Rock the Stage. And again, this is proudly sponsored by the National Speakers Association. We'll see you next week live or join me every day at 2 p.m. Eastern time for 2 p.m. with the trigger. We give insights tips and tricks to better help you shine on camera. Thanks for joining us live tonight. Thanks for coming. Shout to be with us and we'll see you next week.